coming up on today's episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. You grew up here in St. Petersburg. You said your parents had a restaurant. Was it here, I'm assuming? It's right on Central Avenue, Caddy Corner to Ferg's. It's a hawker's building. Ah. So what was the restaurant? It was called Mario's. Oh. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, named after my father. Right. The first time that I went to business with John Labuddy was at, at the Voodoo Lounge. Okay. Which Mario's became morphed into, became right. the Voodoo Lounge. So John and I have had a, a business relationship for, mm-hmm. for quite a few years. And John's your partner on The Big Catch. Coming to you from St. Petersburg, Florida, you're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the show that's the authority on where to eat in St. Pete. Here are your hosts, Kevin Godby and Lori Brown. Hi, I'm Kevin Godby. And I'm Lori Brown. Thank you for tuning in today. Welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the podcast that's it when it comes to restaurants and food information in St. Pete. And be sure to check out our website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. There you'll find great information, including restaurant reviews, the largest St. Pete happy hour list ever created and kept updated, and information on the newest restaurants in town. We are locals that live in downtown St. Pete, and we've been eating our way through this town for years, so you don't have to. But you should. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Just hit the subscribe button and new episodes will automatically download. And then you can listen to them anytime you want, like on your morning jog or commute to work. On today's show, our featured guest is Mario Farias, co-owner of Callaloo at the Manhattan Casino and the soon-to-be-opened Big Catch at Salt Creek. We found out that Mario's family was in the local St. Pete restaurant business when he was a kid, which he then inherited, then got out of, and now he's back in the restaurant business. Our local musical artist today is Stefan Sherman from the band Mercy McCoy. We We have have a great great show, so so stick stick around. I must admit, when Booyah Ramen opened nearly two and a half years ago, I wasn't really all that excited. I really couldn't understand how a restaurant could survive serving just ramen. Boy, was I ever wrong. Of course, all I really knew about ramen was the packaged grocery store noodles that I ate on for really cheap in college. I did not understand that ramen is really a thing, a big thing. Kevin is the lover of all things soup in our household, and he was determined to introduce me. I'm so thankful he did. The broth has a complexity that you can't understand until you try it. It has to cook for hours and hours and for some nearly 24 hours to obtain all of the complex layers. But Booyah isn't just about ramen. It is a hip, upbeat environment meant for unwinding and socializing with housecrafted cocktails, a large selection of Japanese whiskey, and izakaya too. Booyah is located at 911 Central Avenue in downtown St. Pete and is open seven days a week at 11 a.m. Do ya, Booyah? Welcome back to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. We're here today with Mario Farias of Callaloo and soon to be the Big Catch at Salt Creek. Mario, thanks for joining us today. It's my pleasure. Great to be here. So tell us a little bit about your background because you are not from the restaurant industry. Well, I was uh, sort of uh, dragged into it. Mm-hmm. At 10 years old, when my parents bought their first place. Oh, okay. I ran as far from it as I possibly could. I owned some nightclubs, but not uh, a full-fledged restaurant. Right. And then I got sort of dragged right back into it again at, at uh, 55 years old. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. <laughs> <laughs> By my partner, Ramon Hernandez from Peepos. Right, right. So we can blame Ramon. Yeah, it's, we'll all, blame Ramon. Ramon. it's all Ramon's fault. <laughs> it's all his fault. It's all your fault. It's all your fault. So tell us where you're from originally. And I was born in Connecticut, but raised right here in St. Petersburg, about four blocks from here. Nice. And you have quite the story to tell about your beautiful bride, Susan. And uh, you just got married a few years ago, but... It's uh, going to be four years. Yeah, yeah four right. years already. Yeah, it's uh, it's an amazing story. We met when uh, we were young. Susan was eighteen, and I was 
I guess, 23. And uh, my brother went to school with her, introduced us. And we didn't see each other for um, umpteen years. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were Facebook friends. And and, uh, we just decided to go on a date one time. And I'm not even sure it was a date. We're just going to go hang out and have lunch. And From Facebook? Like you were chatting? and Just chatting. Oh, I said, let's, let's go have some lunch. And, and we went to Trist. Wow. <laughs> and uh, that was the last time I dated anybody but her. Nice. And uh, so we got married. Uh, it's going to be four years on August 15th. And wow, time flies. Flies. I know. It seems like we were just there at the there. reception. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we can't top that story. No. Either. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, it's a great story. She's just a blessing in my life. And it's pretty much allowed me to grow. Right. Into what we're doing now, into the different restaurants and the different uh, facility with the Manhattan Casino and and the other businesses that we're involved in. Right, right. So you grew up here in St. Petersburg. You said your parents had a restaurant. Was it here, I'm assuming? It's right on Central Avenue, Caddy Corner to Ferg's. It's a Hawker's building. Ah. And that actually was the building I met Susan in. Really? So what was the restaurant? It was called Mario's. Oh. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, named after my father. Right. It was a neighborhood bar and restaurant, mostly uh frequented by police officers mm-hmm. oh, because it's right there right next door right, to it right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was back it's been around since 1940 mm-hmm. we took it over in the 60s and uh went through some changes it actually uh the first time that i went to business with john labuddy was at at the voodoo lounge okay which mario's became morphed into became right. the voodoo lounge and so john and i have had a a business relationship for for mm-hmm. quite a few years. And John's your partner on The Big Catch. John is one of my partners at The Big Catch. Right, yeah. right. We've That's... got some great partners at The Big Catch. So that place has been Mario's, the Voodoo Lounge. It was, yes. what was it after it that? Was like the, Wasn't uh, it Taps, Taps and Tequila? And tequila. Yeah. Taps and Tequila. It was like a, you go in there and cook your food right. place before that. <laughs> right, interesting. A lot of different things. Nice. Yeah. So how long did your parents own it? 38 years. That's crazy, wow. Yeah. So you said you stayed as far away as possible then. Of course. When you grow up in the business, <laughs> you don't want to be what your dad was. So, so, we, so what actually, because I know you have your own consulting group. Right. Tell Frius. us about that, what you do there. Frius Consulting Group is an economic development strategy company. What we do is um, we strategize with firms that want to come to St. Petersburg or, or the, the greater Tampa Bay area, work with them governmentally and uh, real estate wise and everything else. And that's somewhere John also fixes it to my life. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're able to bring them in. We do the full strategies, marketing packages. We do everything for them, negotiating the deals uh, all down to all the governmental relations. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm a, a consultant slash lobbyist. Mm-hmm. So is, that's for then mostly for relocations? Relocations or expansions, um, some startups that people want to start up here, mm-hmm. but usually it's a, a company that's been referred to me that wants to come into the area. The latest one was E-Concrete from Israel. Mm-hmm. They wanted to enter into the Florida market, and uh, the EDC here went ahead and said, listen, I've got somebody for you. Right. And we helped them set up an office here. We helped them uh, set up contacts here and everything. So they, they're, they're our latest victory for St. Peter. That's great. Congratulations. We Thanks. need more of that. Yes, we do. We sure do. So you're the liaison that, that just helps them come into the area and it's settle whatever, in. It's whatever they need. You know, there's that old saying, I know a guy, mm-hmm. I'm the guy. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So you said that Ramon was your partner before Callaloo's. How is that? Ramon, Ramon has been my uh, best friend for, for many, many years. Mm-hmm. We fell together about 10 years ago and, and I never looked back. And for our listeners that don't know, Ramon is the owner of Peepos. Peepos, yes. Peepos. Ramon Hernandez, his family started Peepos in 1979. And we now have three locations here in, mm-hmm. in St. Pete. And uh, Ramon would bring me in and say, listen, we got to do this. And I would do this. And, mm-hmm. and I uh, would, we would go to different festivals and I'd end up pressing Cuban sandwiches. And <laughs> doing whatever it took to, uh, to help Ramon reestablish and get established here in St. Pete because it's a Tampa-based organization. And that bridge is a long bridge. Right. So, uh, so Ramon and I worked together and we were sort of unofficially partners. Mm-hmm. And then 
uh, Manhattan Casino came along and it made it an official. So whose uh, brainchild was the idea behind Callaloo, which is Florib- Floribian cuisine? It was, um, we looked at different things. Of course, our background is Cuban, uh, Caribbean food, and, mm-hmm. and Ramon uh, looked at it, but the area demanded a southern restaurant. Right. So we began looking at what kind of cuisine we could bring in, and we, we hired the chef to go ahead and create our menu for us, and, and he did, and it was a great combination of of some caribbean of some little cuban and and southern cuisine traditional southern Mm -hmm. and uh so we were trying to come up with a name Mm -hmm. we didn't know what to call it we didn't know uh what it was going to really look like and all of a sudden from the back of the room i had uh actually ramon was on the phone and and vincent jackson our other partner Mm -hmm. so the the three of us were talking and we said what do we name it and we were coming up with all these weird and (laughs) <laughs> dumb names right uh and i hear this scream from the back room callaloo and susan says it's callaloo that's what it's got to be named callaloo mm-hmm. you know? and i said what's callaloo and, <laughs> and she says it's greens mm-hmm. um each island in the caribbean is uses an indigenous um, plant to create greens. Mm-hmm. And so they just named it all Callaloo. So it was a great merge between the Caribbean and the um, the Florida traditional Southern cuisine. Right. And so we give that all, all that credit to Susan. Susan named yeah. it. Way, way better than naming it spinach. Spinach, yeah. I, I at least got a vote on the big catch. You got the vote <laughs> on the big catch. That's great. But um, so you kind of said that Ramon brought you in kicking and screaming yeah i did i did the the lead in i did all the business portion and the negotiations with the city on, on the manhattan casino and and that was a big deal you had to get a lot of approval for that it, w- it was a big deal there was some community pushback of course because um, it's on the south side right those it's of a, you listening that don't know where hallelujah is and the manhattan casino is a uh, building that was built in 1925 to be an african-american dance hall mm-hmm. because at that time the african-american population could not cross over uh, Fifth Avenue South. You had all these great names like Cab Calloway and all these these amazing stars coming in, but they couldn't play anywhere on the South Side. So huh. he built the Manhattan Casino, which at that time was the Jordan Dance Hall. Wow, that's an interesting story. Yeah, so uh, we wanted to keep that tradition alive, and and we have we've uh, produced a lot of shows up in our ballroom, which is 300 seats and mm-hmm. just an amazing little place and. So we're excited. That's we're very, great. very excited about the future of, of the Manhattan Casino. And Also, for those who don't know, the Manhattan Casino is the name, but it's not actually a casino. So don't, right. don't, right. don't call them and ask if they have, you know, blackjack or <laughs> slot <laughs> machines or something. We have people coming in every day asking where the slot machines are. That's so funny. <laughs> so, so, so it's a whole, so Callaloo is inside this bigger building. That yes, is the exactly. It's a, it's a, well, uh, they're two separate Buildings. There's 15,000 square feet. Total. Total. There's 12,000 in the main building, six under, six above. The bo- bottom floor is Kowloo, mm-hmm. and then the upper floor is the Manhattan Casino. Right. The um, Then there's another building that the city built back in the 90s that, that allowed us to um, put an elevator in and, and stairwell up and, and bathrooms and everything else that, that a nice facility needs. Yeah, that's great. And before Cal, it was Sylvia's, right? It was Sylvia's for a short time. Right? right, right. And so the pushback you got was from the community on the south side that wasn't sure what type of place you were bringing in. Right, that they would lose their tradition. Mm-hmm. But I think in this last year, we've proven to them that we've uh, we've held on to the tradition. Not only hold on to it, we really... Oh, I've seen, I saw it. the support of the community when yeah. we were there for the one-year anniversary party. It was... It was, yes. it was great. It was a great... The kids were amazing. Yes, they were. Yeah. It was awesome. We're going to take a quick break. After this word from our sponsor, we'll be right back to talk about the big catch and more about Kalaloo. And this episode is also sponsored by Hall's Cough Drops. <laughs> we'll be right back. Keep on moving. One of our favorite places to go eat in St. Pete is Engine Number no. 9. They've been a staple in downtown St. Pete coming up on seven years. And they are famous for their unique and tasty burger creations. As a matter of fact, they are on the St. Pete Foodies list of best burgers in St. Pete. They also made the best hot dogs list, the best chilies, and the best wings in St. Pete. 
Aside from the food, Engine Number no. 9 is a great sports bar with lots of TVs, beer, and wine. And you can even get a regular old cheeseburger, too, so you can bring your non-adventurous eater friends. Check out Engine Number no. 9 at the corner of MLK and 1st Avenue North in downtown St. Pete. Their burgers can't be beat. Welcome back to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. We are here with Mario Farias of Callaloo, the Manhattan Casino, and the Big Catch at Salt Creek. Um, we were talking before the break about Callaloo. Let's mention some of the food items. You're on the best fried chicken and best mac and cheese list that we just recently put out. They are pretty good. What are some of your favorites <laughs> on the menu? They do a, um, a smoked pork chop that's yes. really, really good. I love that, and, and their fried chicken is just amazing, mm-hmm. and their catfish is great, too. Right, right. So a lot of traditional southern dishes, but um, they just add a little bit of uh, flair to it that, that the other restaurants don't, right. which, which makes it different. And you started off with one chef, and then now you have another new chef that you brought in. What, what's his name again? Dolan. Dolan. Chef Dolan. Mm-hmm. Dolan is uh, from Louisiana, very... Uh, accomplished chef mm-hmm. and he's added a, a new palette of flavor to things too so we're so, excited with some new dishes that he's brought into us he does a great jambalaya oh really great jambalaya so did he change um the recipes some to tweak them to his own not really mm-hmm. he did a he did a good job maintaining the original palette of the of the, the food and and uh, has kept it right there done a good job and just added some new things to the menu uh, on the special board Mm-hmm. And that's where his specialty, our main, our main menus remain the same, but mm-hmm. our specials have changed. I so, see. so the jambalaya is a, a special. A special, so that rotates. Right, right. rotates in and out. Correct. Nice. Good. And I remember right after you opened Callaloo, you looking at me and saying, why did you let me do this? Yeah, I blame <laughs> and you. less than a year later, what happens? The opportunity <laughs> arose. <laughs> Um, one of my main clients is the Harbridge Marina and the group that owns the Harbridge. Right. And they had a, a tenant at the restaurant there that was less than uh, less than nice. Mm-hmm. Less than, they had a lot of issues in cleanliness and, and operation. And that was the former uh, fishtails. The former fishtails. So they came to us, they came to me and said, listen, what do we do with the restaurant? I said, well, it's a desirable place. I mean, it's going to take a little bit of elbow grease, but it's desirable. So within hours, uh, I received 11 calls. John received, John LaBuddy received another seven or eight calls, Mm -hmm. you know, with different restaurant groups from all over our area here and and even in Houston and Atlanta, Mm -hmm. all wanting the spot because you've got to remember there's, there's only right now four waterside restaurants in St. Petersburg. Right. When you take one away and make it available, it's, it becomes ultra desirable. Right. So the owners said, just do with it, you know, let's get the best deal and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. What they were doing though, is they didn't want to do a super long-term lease on it. Most of these restaurants wanted 10 and 20 year leases and they weren't prepared to do that because nobody knows what's going to happen to that property down there. Mm-hmm. So they said, what do you think? And I said, I don't know. Let me think about it. Mm-hmm. And I went to uh, breakfast at Munch's, and I'm sitting at Munch's eating. And so Larry comes over, sits next to me, and Larry Munch, who owns Munch's, sat next to me and said, uh, so what are you going to do with fishtails? And I said, Larry, that's a good question. I said, I was asked today if I'd be interested in it. And he says, of course you're interested, and I'm interested too. <laughs> and that from the the... Two minutes later, the phone rings. John says, listen, we got a lot of people that want to come look at it. What do we do? I said, interesting you say that. And I went through, and he says, well, then I'm in, too. And so there was the the core three. Right. And uh, we went and we looked at getting a managing partner because we realized all of us were all 60 years old plus. And so Mm -hmm. we didn't – there was no way that we wanted to get into the management of a restaurant. So we we looked at managing partners, and and we went – down that path and it didn't work out mm-hmm. um so we decided we're going to do it anyway well during the meantime joe uh who's the the uh, general manager of, of munches told larry well i want to be your partner 
my business partner, Angela Bonacori, says, listen, I'm not in on this. I've never had a restaurant. I want to own a restaurant. And then, <laughs> then Kevin, who owns Booyah, mm-hmm. called, uh, called John and says, listen, if I want a partnership. So we, uh, so we ended up going from three to six, but none of us want to work. Oh, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sounds like St. Pete Foodies to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we ended up uh, hiring uh, two, I believe, incredible people to run the show for us. Um, Heather Showalter, who's been around for quite a while in the bar and restaurant scene, uh, running the front of the house. And we hired a chef to run the back and, and that quite didn't work yeah, out. We, so, we wrote that story. Yep. And, yep. and uh, she went. She went to Boston and, and changed her mind, and, mm-hmm. and which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so we brought in a young man called Mark Hook. He's not so much young man, but he's he's younger than me. So he's <laughs> young man. Yeah, anybody younger than he young. is young man. <laughs> so uh, we brought in Mark Hook. Mark Hook was the executive chef over at Gaspar's Grotto mm-hmm. for several years over in Ebor. And uh, he wanted a change. And so he decided, he made this brilliant decision that he was going to go up to Clearwater Beach to a restaurant, which ended up being probably the worst decision he ever made in his life. Right. And so when this came up, he wowed us. Mm-hmm. He uh, showed us, uh, he came prepared with a menu. He came prepared with a, um, a vision mm-hmm. for, the, for the back and um, with a, a detailed list of employees he'd like to bring and and everything else and so you can't say no to somebody like that when right, you come up right. so so he showed up with uh, not just the uh, skills knowledge and experience but also with the enthusiasm and mo- motivation he he loved the idea that it was a, truly a startup restaurant for mm-hmm. him so then we decided okay that's the great thing but during that time when we got in there to look at the place really look at it after the eviction happened we realized that the plumbing was running into the creek. Oh. Uh, electricity was handled by extension cords. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and everything else that was, could be wrong with the place was wrong. Mm-hmm. It was uh, held together by bubble gum and duct tape. Duct tape. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, it, and it was the cheap duct tape. Right. <laughs> so, so we decided we the were going to go ahead. Yeah, the generic one. <laughs> So we decided that we were going to do one thing, and that's just change everything. And so we have all brand new plumbing in the place. We have all new kitchen. We have uh, actually a dining room now with air conditioning. Mm-hmm. And uh, we moved the bar from the water side so more people could be there. And we we lifted it up, and and, everything. and it looks amazing. It's got great color. It's got a yes. great feel to it now. And uh, we're so excited about it. Yeah, and if you want to see some pictures of that, you can go to stpetersburgfoodies.com right. and uh, pull up the write-up I did. Um, right, and and it has even changed since then. Oh, so I bet. It's, it's, it's exciting, and we're, we're glad when it, we're open, we'll be able to bring you back and really show what we've yes. done. So is there an opening date at this point? I know it keeps getting pushed back and pushed back. It happens everywhere all the time. We have, <laughs> we have the building complete. Mm-hmm. It's right now, it's about... I would say 95% complete, just some touch up here and there. The issue was when we decided to air condition the dining room and and make a true dining room out of it, we needed more power. Mm. And so instead of the the tons that were in there, we had to almost double it. And that required more power. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, so our friends at Duke Energy gave us a notice saying, well, it's going to probably be six to eight weeks. And so luckily we have some friends at Duke and – they're working on it diligently as we speak. Oh, and, good. <laughs> and so we expect to be open this month. Nice. Yeah. In the write-up that I did, you had laid out a clear vision of a menu at that time that was for Kiri. What has it changed? What's changed We since still then? have the, the same base menu because we, we want, really wanted to have fresh Florida seafood, mm-hmm. fresh Gulf seafood, and, and uh, great salmon from, you know, uh, uh, from up north, and mm-hmm. and we wanted some great things. We wanted it to be a fresh seafood place. Right. What we have done is is expanded the menu a little bit and added things like our our stuffed pork chops and and mm-hmm. with seafood stuffed pork chop with beautiful sauce on it. Mm-hmm. And our our seafood is going to be accompanied by a lot of different sauces, mm-hmm. which I think will sort of make it more palatable to everybody right on there and also we're still going to do a fresh cut catch of the day every uh almost every day 
that we can get a, a nice piece of fish that we can do and also a fresh cut where we'll bring in different steaks and, and different chops and lamb and everything else. So uh, it's so a you, super you casual. So you away a little bit because it was going to be more tapas style, if I recall. And there's still a huge so, handheld menu. Okay. It's still a huge handheld menu that's in it's in, and it's still a great shareable menu. Mm-hmm. Um, our entrees, we decreased the entrees okay. a little bit. And we'll be running specials, more specials on our entrees. Mm-hmm. But the absolute, it's going to be, it's, the shareables are amazing. So it's truly amazing stuff. And it's full liquor bar also. A full liquor bar, and we'll we'll have eight different um, local craft beers. Oh, that's great! Awesome. Yeah. If I recall, the bar is dedicated to the deputy mayor's late husband. Correct. Terry Tomlin. Yes. Yeah. Ter- our tiki deck is Terry's tiki. Nice. So, uh, yeah, he was a great friend to the three partners. Mm-hmm. Um, Terry's truly missed, and he would be the first one there. Uh, on opening right. day, so so we felt it was only appropriate that we remember Terry by that, and Kanika was moved, and we're moved by her. Yes, so that's great. So the big catch: there is a great story that we don't want to leave out. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I'm going to start by saying, back in the day, before St. <laughs> Pete is what it is now, where the Hampton Inn now sits um, in downtown St. Pete, there was a infamous bar, probably the only one that anyone ever went to, called The Big Catch. It was owned by John Reno Labuddy, who um, is also your partner here. And uh, when you were tossing around the names, you were texting me and saying, and I said, I vote for The Big Catch because bring it back. You know, it's like I I missed that place. It was so much fun. It was just a blast. It truly was an iconic place in St. Petersburg. Uh, John and, and his partner, uh, Dan Harvey, did an amazing job at the catch. Um, you're right, and there was nothing in St. Petersburg Mm-mm. at that time. So uh, to to be able to pay homage to that yes, as a, a true St. Petersburg establishment yeah. is really what we tried to do. And, and you're right, you were, you were immediately thumbs up and mm-hmm. we were ready to go. I mean, you can see me right now. I'm smiling from ear to ear just remembering because I remember – Keanu Reeves' band, it was called Dog, Dog Star, I don't think the band's still around anymore, came and played at Janice Landing. And it was the second time I actually saw them play, because my friend and I went to Ebor to see them, like, a year before or what have you. And um, my friend Sharon had made friends with the band's t-shirt guy. So when he remembered... Important. I know. But got, he remembered her. He remembered her a year later. Well, the first time, we actually went on his bus because she made friends with the t-shirt guy who was traveling with them. So we actually got on the Keanu Reeves bus and he was sitting right across from me. It was like really crazy. But anyway, so the second time, we're, we're here. And um, she goes up to Dan. That was his name. We called him Dan Dan the t-shirt man. And he remembered her. She was, not, she was a very memorable girl. We'll just say that. And... Long story short, we ended up going to the Big Catch with the band that night, and they just let us all in, of course, because right. it was, Keanu wasn't there, but the band was. And it was, yeah. I just, I, I think that was the last time I actually went there. I think we all have our Big Catch stories. Yeah, I know. I'm sure we do. <laughs> Some of them we want to repeat on here, and other ones don't. Yeah, right. Exactly. I don't remember many of them. Yeah. Lola wants to chime yeah, in right our, now. Yeah. Our, our producer... Producer Lola is telling us we're, we're over time. <laughs> well, Mario, we'll wrap this up now. Thank you so much for being with us here today. Let's mention your websites right now. The Big Catch is on Facebook. The Big Catch is on Facebook next week. The um, well, the week this comes out. The, well, the, the week this comes out, it'll be uh, the website will be up, and it's www.thebigcatchatsallcreek.com. Okay. And, and Callaloo uh, is CallalooStPete.com. And the address for Kalu on 22nd Avenue? 642 22nd Street South. 22nd Street South. Great. And then the address for the Big Catch? 1500 2nd Street South. <laughs> like that second. Yes, yes. Well, Mario, thanks so much for being here with thanks us today. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you. We will be right back. This is Julie Black. Dave Eichenberger on guitar You're listening to St. Pete Foodies Podcast Maybe in your house or your car Welcome back to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Our music segment, which showcases local artists, is brought to you by One Step Media and Kate Reuter. 
One Step Media provides management, marketing, and booking services to independent artists, and Kate herself is also a singer-songwriter. Our local musical artist today is Stefan Sherman from the band Mercy McCoy. Based in St. Petersburg, Florida, Mercy McCoy is a rootsy Americana band that blends folk rock, pop, and blues with a sound that has been compared to Dawes, Jason Isbell, and the Counting Crows. Mercy McCoy's songwriting is intended to sound good in your ears and feel good in your heart. We will feature the song Black and White from the album Brighter in the Dark right after Stefan answers the Fast Five Foodies questions. Welcome to the show, Stefan. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. You ready for the Fast Five Foodies questions? As ready as I will be. All right. What's your favorite food? Favorite food? Can I say tacos? You can say whatever you want. I'd say the whole tacos category. Every taco. I like tacos a lot. Yeah, it's a good... It's raining tacos. It's a good venue. Mm-hmm. Soft, Generally. Soft shell. When I say venue, like taco places are great venues for mm-hmm. eating. I like those, but then also uh, is a great mechanism to consume food, too, I think. Right, it's a good right. format. Format's right. the word I'm looking for. Doesn't normally require utensils, so. Yes. <laughs> yep. Less cleanup, unless you're a really messy eater, so. That's him. And me. Yeah, <laughs> have, that, have that in common. Well, well the, I, I, I found that the more expensive the shirt is you're wearing, the more likely you are to get food on it. That's correct. That's the same theory as if you're wearing white. Even if you don't eat Italian food, you will end up with pasta sauce on you somehow. <laughs> yeah. I don't even want to talk about it. No, it's... <laughs> anyway, okay, what's your least favorite food? Least favorite food? I would have to say chain restaurant eating Any. at this point. And that is from being a St. Pete local. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, yes. So I'd say that. And then um, I'm kind of split on seafood. I really like certain seafood. And then there's certain seafood. I think, you know, texture, I know, is a thing you guys discuss someone here. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly that's a thing to it. But I'd say it's more of like stuff that just smells really fishy. Right. It's tough. But like I'm a huge raw oyster fan. Like Intermezzo has mm-hmm. the raw oyster bar that right, you do, which is right. like, I love doing that. I think mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun. Uh, and it tastes great. So, right. so, so yeah, I'd say, is there I'd say, a particular fish or something that you know you don't like? Um, the stinky kind. <laughs> Just the stinky <laughs> The really, yeah, the distinctive uh, signature fish smell is a turnoff. Yes, I agree with you. I'm the same way on that. So what's your favorite restaurant in St. Pete? There's a lot that I like, mm-hmm. but I would have to say probably... Bodega. Okay. I'm a big Bodega fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, easy, but also like so delicious. Mm-hmm. And in a like they run a cool, unique thing there, and it's the experience. I think that one of the last times I was there, I took my mom for lunch on a Sunday, and you know places hopping. It's, it's hot, St. Pete hot. You're also on the street too, so you're getting to sort of like eat this really cool, unique cuisine mm-hmm. in this really cool, unique part of town. You know, there's right. a lot of character, which mm-hmm. I love. Green benches across the street, so you're not sitting there, but you're still getting to see this cool building and Intermezzo right. and everything they've done with Bomb Ave. Like, it's just a great overall experience, plus the food is excellent. It is. Salt or pepper? Salt. And can you cook? Well enough. <laughs> what can you cook? I'm a breakfast food guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally. So I, for me, I can scramble a mean egg. <laughs> and again, going back to the texture, like texture of a scrambled egg is very important. How do you like yours? I like mine um, cheesy. <laughs> yeah, you put cheese? I do put cheese, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I, add, I add it later in the process. Um, but uh, Me too. Y- you know, I don't like the, the burned, you don't want a crusty scrambled yeah. egg. No. You know? Mm-hmm. I like mine soft and fluffy and really light and airy. That, thank you for that descriptor. That is very helpful. Well, you're welcome because we have this difference between the two of us. When I scramble eggs, it, I, I can't do it the way he does it. His are more like mushed down and dense. Mm. And he puts a lot of herbs in them that I don't think they need. So mm-hmm. I make mine with milk and just beat them really good. And they're very soft and light and airy with cheese. Do you guys need to talk about this? I know. Right yeah, I'm going to just let it go for now. That'll be off air later. So not only are you in the band uh, Mercy McCoy, but you also have your own podcast. I do. Song Divers, an interview podcast about songwriters, which is nice and polished, uh, professionally produced. And you ask questions like, what are the ingredients of a great song? What makes a songwriter tick? Can a musician make a living these days? Is Jason Isbell overrated? (laughs) Yes, those are all those are all accurate. We do ask those questions. We generally don't ask the question about Jason as well. It's a little bit more of a uh, inside joke between myself right. and our co-host. Um, <laughs> for anybody that is an Americana fan, uh, Jason Isbell is widely known as one of the best songwriters right now. Um, mm-hmm. Joshua Riley, who 
uh, is a local singer-songwriter who's actually on uh, the record label that I have too, Ybor City Records. Mm-hmm. When he was on our podcast, he said about Jason Isbell, he said, you know, whenever, he, whenever he's got something to say, we got to listen, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And so I, that's kind of widely accepted by a lot of people. Um, Ed likes really eclectic stuff. He likes Jason Isbell, but he's not as enthralled and blown away by him as the rest of us. And it comes up so often in interviews that it became an inside joke. And we, so we ended up throwing it in the beginning just as a kind of right. fun for us. But, <laughs> but yeah, the podcast has been a lot of fun. Like I said, Ed will tells the, the co-host with me, um, a lot of people, especially St. Pete locals who I think are probably a lot of your listeners, um, we'll know Ed from a lot of different projects he's done. Um, standalone on his own as a songwriter, he's you know award winning. He's done a lot of his own stuff. Um, a fan, you've got a fan here. We have yeah. Lola in the yeah, house. Yeah, she's a big fan. Yeah, of Ed's. You're, you're gonna have to add a dog to your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we we actually have a dog. Uh, my dog Indy uh, is on there, mm-hmm. so he uh, he's our furry co-host, as I think you guys put it. Also, but does he talk as well? He does speak sometimes. Yeah, you can hear him jangling around. <laughs> um, but he's pretty calm. He likes. He's used to music, so. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lola likes to uh, make herself known when we're not paying attention to her. Yeah, no, I understand. As a dog owner myself, so I've right. I've got a uh, I've got a vibrate collar for Indy, so he knows. But he also knows like the frequencies he can still get out. It mm-hmm. won't set off the vibration, so you can hear him sometimes <laughs> in the background, just kind of, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So they have a vi- there's a vibrant filter for the dogs. Is that what you said? It vibrates. Yeah, the no, collar vib- vibrates. Oh. So it'll like it beeps. Oh, it'll I beep see. first, and then it'll vibrate, and mm-hmm. then they're like, okay, I don't I'm like that feeling. Yeah, 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 gotcha. So how long has the podcast been going on? We launched in beginning of February of this year. Um, so we're 11 episodes in. Um, it's been fun. We focus on. I mean, the the goal of the podcast was a couple of different things, but um, you know, we've spent a lot of time. He grew up in this area. I grew up in this area. We're you know, he's older than me mm-hmm. uh and so we have a good split gap of generational of him growing up in st pete while it was coming up uh as this great cool unique interesting place which it is now blossomed into this right. incredible yeah, totally. place for food culture yeah. and music and art culture yes. and so we sort of are bridging that gap um, ed's actually in mercy mccoy with me um he plays in that band he's also in bands that a lot of people know drive through church which was um just showcased in uh, creative loafing wmnf mm-hmm. he was in uh and is in the ditch flowers which mm-hmm. were um, featured on npr music like so very accomplished singer songwriter and musician himself and then he and i just had a good rapport in the band like we got along really well and um we both really enjoyed just talking about the craft of songwriting mm-hmm. and um so much so that you know we were like oh i i think we could do this and then the other impetus for it was, you know, wanting to find a mechanism to showcase more of, of the music that's in this area. Um, because you'll hear different people, especially as we started interviewing people, they have a kind of a wide range of opinions on what type of music scene the Tampa Bay, St. Pete market is. Um, for me, I think it's, it's really great. There's a lot of other music markets and we have a lot of music here, but there's some cool, unique spots here that you don't have in a lot of other markets and um there's Talk, a, talking venues venues yeah venues absolutely yep in um accessible areas you know you have ebor you have tampa mm-hmm. obviously st pete um and then you have places you know like dunedin where you have right. you know woodwright brewery is becoming a the place chickaboom room chickaboom room mm-hmm. dunedin brewery is one that's you know is, right. has got its own standalone you know vibe and thing and was a big part of my upbringing you know 15 years removed from playing there now but um, you know, this is really, really important. And then places like the Crooked Thumb in Safety Harbor, which is where I grew up, and you know, Travis and Kip and those guys and, and Josh, who I mentioned earlier, hosts a songwriting night there. So there's a there is much more of a music culture than there's ever been here, and that's probably true anywhere. Right. Um, but trying to find a way to marry really interesting conversations that other people aren't having. There's gonna be overlap, certainly, with other music podcasts, but trying to bring a unique uh, you know, unique perspective on it. Mm-hmm. And then also try and have a wide range of getting national acts on so that people know them. It brings, you know, mm-hmm. they become a micro marketer basically mm-hmm. and it, it validates the podcast because it's a name everybody knows. And then all of a sudden you turn and you listen to somebody like Josh, who not a lot of people know yet, but are knowing more of. And you're like, oh, well, I knew Andrew Duhon, Grammy nominated artist, you know, who's touring and he was on there. So this other guy must be good too because he was on there. And now you start to see these St. Pete tampa acts that maybe people wouldn't have otherwise found or wouldn't have had the the opportunity and i'd say the third piece is my my day job um so i I oversee uh business intelligence and analytics for ironman which is uh the triathlon Mm -hmm. company based here in tampa and Uh so through that i work as part of our sponsorships team so i'm constantly involved in um, conversations about how brands market and how they position themselves 
And so, you know, being able to marry that with Ed's journalistic background of saying, all right, we probably have a unique set of skills that might help us do maybe not a better, but an as good or different job or take a different approach to A, the questions we ask, but how we facilitate the podcast and how we're able to market it and just take some of our know-how from our day jobs and apply that to, again, you know, a lot of musicians don't have that or they have a, mm -hmm. a small amount of that or maybe they do have it, but they're full-time musicians. So they don't have a ton of resources to go out and do that. So trying to find a way both through my Ebor City Records project and then also through this podcast to get people out into people's ears um, that maybe otherwise don't have that out. Yeah, that's great. We, and Joshua O'Reilly was on our podcast as I'm well. I'm aware, yes. yes. <laughs> Several episodes back. I don't know off the top of my head, but we'll, we'll make a note of it on the uh, blog post page. So anybody that's into music to where you're into just going beyond the music and getting to what, what's behind the music, the mm -hmm. personalities, mm -hmm. how is it created, how is it marketed, Song Divers is the podcast. You're on all the apps just like we are. Yes, sir. So it's it's so, similar. You know, food is a really personal thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you guys talked about that uh, on a couple episodes that I listened to. And, you know, music's another thing like that. And I think I'm finding that hearing somebody have a conversation about their craft is a little bit less of a personal thing to ask somebody to do. You know, so to right. say, oh, go listen to my band. Like sometimes people are like, eh, you know. And it's a, it's a very vulnerable personal thing versus everybody's having conversations every day. So right. having somebody go listen to you on a podcast, I'm finding and we're seeing through both data and, you know, anecdotal that it's a little more palatable and mm -hmm. approachable for people and, and more relatable. Because if you're not a country fan, you might still enjoy a conversation from a country artist because of the format and the venue and you right. trust, you know, you trust song divers or you trust, right. you know, whatever podcast you're listening to, to bring on people that fit the bill of they have an interesting perspective on life and therefore that bleeds into their songs and you know or if you're an artist and you're interested in how people craft their art and craft yeah. their you how, know, what they're how doing. did that music happen right. absolutely right. Yeah, yeah it's pretty cool so uh, you're on facebook uh, facebook.com slash song divers and then songdivers.com and we'll have the links to those on our blog post uh, when this comes out and instagram we we do a lot we actually work with josh's josh's wife shay riley um silver girl photography mm -hmm. we've also worked with um uh Skylar, uh, Skylar June, I think is her name. Uh, excellent photographers, and they do all our photography. It's a tough thing about podcasts, as I'm sure you guys know. Yes. Like it's all audio. It's all audio. <laughs> right. So yes. how do people see it and touch it and tangible? So um, we've got some cool video stuff coming out that we've done with Yellow Tree Studio out of here in St. Pete, and then um, Shay and you know Skylar do our photography. And so we, we care a lot about that piece of it and make sure that our, our songwriters are well represented on our Instagram page. Yeah, the photos are great. I, I was taking a look at Thank those you. as well. So now back to the band, yes, Mercy, Mercy McCoy. You are lead guitar? I am, uh, we'll call it lead vocals. I make lead noises vocals. with my face um, <laughs> that, that resemble words and singing. Uh, and I, uh, I, I'm a rhythm guitarist. Uh, okay. Ed and Colin Ryan, who's also St. Pete local, um, is a horticulturalist and runs uh, Ryan's Green Design Co., He's, I grew up with him and his brothers, um, one of which is a gourmet chef. Um, and Colin's our sl slide player and lead player. Uh, and then Ed also does, you know, kind of color and, um, and lead work as well. Cool. Yeah. And there's definitely some slide in the song that I chose, uh, which is the song is Black and White mm -hmm. uh, from the album Brighter in the Dark. And <laughs> I, I love the descending 5-4-1 progression in the key of C. That would be G-F-C. Mm -hmm. And the country blues feel that you just riff the shit out of on lead guitar <laughs> yeah. and harmonies are really sweet Thank as you. well as i'm listening it listening to it i'm like what does the this the feel of this remind me of and i'm sure this is not what you were going for but what it reminds me of is uh by by leonard skinnerd tuesday's gone and the reason is because i'm pretty sure it's in the, the time signature of 12 8 I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we've gotten that before. Um, I definitely wasn't channeling Skinner, but but you know, growing up in Florida, my dad raised me on all kinds of great music, but certainly the Allman Brothers were in there, and that's that mm -hmm. Southern blues soul feel. Right. Um, and then when Colin and I toured in our first band, it was a much more blues-based sensibility, what we were doing. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's a lot of that in there which is probably another reason I, I picked that one too because that's more just my personal taste as well totally yeah well i appreciate that very much thank you yeah so the website is mercy mccoy mercy mccoy.com and on facebook mercy mccoy music and we'll have those links up as well here's mercy mccoy with black and white from the album brighter in the dark 
A note on the uh, timing of the big catch opening, uh, right after Mario left the studio, we found out that it would be the first week of July and not in June for the big catch to open. Comments on last week's show where we interviewed Bill Giorgio from the Berg Bar and Grill. Nikki Scott says, Bill Giorgio is the man. Jason Gordon says, love that guy. And Diane Grant, I'm not really sure what she means on part of this. She said, so glad you made it. Move away. Just a new upstart soon to open. Congrats. I have no idea what that means. Uh, new items on stpetersburgfoodies.com include uh, Caddies on Central. They have a new drink menu with some super tasty cocktails that we reviewed. And we also announced the winners of the May Cartoon Caption Contest and put up the new June contest. So check that out. You could possibly win first prize is a $75 gift card. Second is $50. And third is a $25 gift card. From Hunger Thirst, you can use those at the Avenue, No Vacancy, or Park and Rec. You can email us at info at stpetersburgfoodies.com. And if you want to listen to us on the go, we're on all the podcast apps out there. And you can also listen to us on your voice-activated home assistant. 
Just tell it to play the St. Petersburg Foodies podcast. This is David Benstock and Ronald Randall from Il Retorno, Retorno. and you're you're listening listening to to the the St. Petersburg. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Start that one over again. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our guests, Mario Farias and Stefan Sherman. And thanks to our sponsors, Booyah Ramen and Engine Number no. 9, where you can get the best fried pickle spears in St. Pete. Our announcer is Candace Aviles from Meet the Chef and Channel 10 News, and our intro music is provided by the Chris Walker Band. We'd like to remind you to check out all the latest restaurant reviews, foodies news, top 10 lists, and updated happy hours on stpetersburgfoodies.com. If you're listening to us on iTunes or any other podcast app, please give us a rating, and also remember to share the show with your foodie friends. Until Until next time, time, may your food be hot and your bubbly cold. Man, I love street fairs. They got rides, games, and ethnic food cooked horribly by white Americans. Tacos! Hot tacos here! Oh, are those tacos? You better believe they're tacos! I love tacos, especially on a corn tortilla. Oh, I love tacos on a corn tortilla!